Good morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Anybody ready to worship the Lord? Can we stand together? If you're online with us, worshiping online, we welcome you. Let's get ready to worship the Lord today. Hey, hang on. Before we get started, every one of us has an instrument, right? I don't know if I've ever done this here, but we all of us have an instrument. It's called the instrument of ten strings. All right? So we can clap together, right? So one, two. And by the way, friends don't let friends clap on one and three. We clap on two and four, right? One, two, three, four. One, two, three. There you go. That's good. Ready? Here we go. And. Now let's sing together. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my tomb till I met you.
Come on and let's give the Lord praise. We thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. God, we thank you for the day that you called us out of darkness and called us into your marvelous light. And Lord, today we rejoice in you because of all that you are, all that you have done, and all that you will do in us. Lord, we give ourselves to you today in worship and praise and in adoration. And God, we ask you from this moment until we leave here today, we pray that you would be in control of what happens. And Lord, when we leave in a few minutes, after we've sung and as we, after we've fellowshipped and after we've heard your word and responded to the altar, God, let us be different than when we came in this building. That is our prayer today. We pray that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. You may be seated this morning. We welcome you to Christ the Cornerstone. It's great to see you today. If you're worshiping with us online, it's great to see you. It's great for you to see us. It's great for us to be together. And uh, if you're new with us today, if it's your first time being here, we want to extend a special welcome to you. Uh, when you leave the sanctuary today at the end of the service, uh, to the left out in the mall area is our Connect Central. And uh, that's a place where you can find out all kinds of information about the things that are going on at Christ the Cornerstone. But if you are new, we want you to stop by there at Connect Central today because we have a free gift for you. And uh, you'll be able to meet some uh, folks from our church and uh, find out about some of the things that are going on around here. Also, if you're, uh, if you're a regular, you can also uh, stop and find out uh, about different things that are going on. Where you're seated uh, is a Connect card that we ask you to fill out every week. And uh, just let us know that you're here. Let us know who's worshiping with you. Uh, it helps us to know. Uh, to be able to keep in contact with you if you're worshiping with us online. Uh, there's an online Connect card uh, that you can fill out. On those Connect cards also is a place for you to put prayer requests and praise reports. You can share those with us, and we meet throughout the week at several different times, and uh, folks are praying for those needs. So uh, if you have needs today, uh, please feel safe and feel comfortable that you can give us that information and we don't share it all over the place, but we pray for them. And especially if it needs to be a confidential uh, prayer request, you can let us know that, that it's confidential and we will keep it strictly uh, confidential. All right? Well, again, we welcome you. Uh, there's a lot going on around our church. Let's take a few minutes and check some of those things out. Hey, everyone. My name is Bill. Lynn has the weekend off. Welcome to CTC, and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and get you caught up. We were blessed this week to receive a letter from Door of Hope, one of the ministries we support on a regular basis. They were happy to share with us that they were able to serve 328 clients in 2022. They were able to serve them by providing 186 free ultrasounds, 270 free pregnancy tests, and 274 packs of diapers. Thanks to your faithful giving, we are able to continue to support vital ministries like Door of Hope. Worrying about finances is something that God never intended for us. He wants us to be at peace. Financial Peace University is a step-by-step -step plan to win with money. This nine-week course will teach you how to save for emergencies, pay off debt fast, spend wisely, and invest for your future. The course begins on Sunday, January 29th at 1230 at the Bayer Campus. To learn more or to sign up, contact Darren Waters at 
530-350-2832, visit ctcde.church slash lifegroups, or stop by Connect Central. Our men's ministry has concluded their study, Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. Moving forward, the Saturday morning men's breakfast will move to the third Saturday of each month, beginning on February 18th. On Wednesday, February 1st at 6 p.m., the men's dinner night is back. This event will be on the first Wednesday of each month. This month, they will meet at Schaefer's Canal House in Chesapeake City. To learn more about men's ministry and these monthly events, contact Kevin Sturgis at 302-824-5625 or Bryce Maynard at 302-546-9388. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God than ever. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find out more information about all the events happening at our church by going to ctcde.church. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. Have a great week. Good morning, everyone. Wonderful to see all of you here today. And uh, it's glad, get, we're glad to gather in the house of the Lord and praise our Lord. I'm glad that you chose to be with us this morning and welcome online also. A couple things I just want to uh, mention us as we're thinking about the ways that we love, we serve, and we engage God. We engage, you know, we're talking about engaging uh, the, the task that we have that Jesus calls us to engage. Engage in two ways. We engage one another. We encourage each other. We help one another. We lift one another up. We pray for one another. And we all need that. We need that connection. But we're also asked to engage the world with the good message of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're here to do today. And, and this afternoon at 4 o'clock uh, be, is an opportunity. If you're not an official member, we call them uh, ministry partners here. If you're not an official ministry partner of our church, I'm inviting you to make that commitment and engage with us in spreading the good news around the world. And at 4 o'clock this afternoon, I'll be holding an orientation meeting uh, that gives you more information what it means to be a ministry partner with us. So if you're not a ministry partner, I invite you to do that. If you're online, certainly uh, you can come and, and welcome us. Speaking of being ministry partners, and you know that we have an important vote uh, coming up about our uh, affiliation with the United Methodist Church. And only members of the church will be uh, able to uh, place their vote for that, uh, for that decision. If you're not sure if you're a member, in the overflow room, which is this room uh, back over your left shoulder, um, is, is a great big long list of 1,600 people who are connected with us in one way or another. And uh, you can check that out, check that list out to see what your membership status is here. You're either a guest, a friend, or a member of the church. And so check that out. Uh, also, this afternoon is the Women's Dame Game Day and uh, at 2 o'clock. And so hopefully you'll come back. All the women will come back for that event as well. Two dates that I want to add to, to our list, and that is uh, February 4th and 5th. Many of us remember Pastor Paul. Pastor Paul was the pastor here for 27 years, and he will be, he and Kathleen uh, will be visiting us on that weekend and with a word of encouragement for us. So if you want to see Pastor Paul, come back then. And then on February 8th, we're having another important meeting 
uh, with our superintendent related to our disaffiliation. This is an open forum meeting where anyone can come. Members and non-members can come to this meeting and uh, just talk about the future of our church and our relationship with the United Methodist Church. Uh, So that's February 8th. It's Wednesday night, 6.30 p.m. So put that on your calendar as well. Uh, This is kind of our stewardship time uh, where we talk about the ways that we love, serve, and engage. And one of the ways we serve is by giving generously. We want to encourage each other to do that. We'll be talking about that more in the message. But for now, let's encourage each other with a scripture verse that tells Jesus, uh, actually the Bible telling us, uh, what joy it is to give to others. Let's read this scripture from Proverbs together. Honor the Lord with your wealth and the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. You know, there's probably a translation of that that updates that to things that we have more often. Uh, How many of us have a barn full of grain? (laughs) Maybe we need to kind of think about what that means in our world today. But the truth is, when we're generous with God, God takes care of us. We can trust God to provide all things. Let's continue worshiping God. I invite you to stand with me as as the team returns and we continue singing praises to God. Let's, Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we gather this morning to come into your presence to come into your presence and for you to enter into our hearts, our minds, and our lives. We thank you, God, for being with us and for gathering your people together today. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Transform us into what you want us to be. Be with those who are worshiping with us online. Come into their homes and fill them with your peace, your love. Teach us and guide us today. We ask all of this in the powerful name of our Lord Jesus, whose name is above all names. Amen. Before we begin, uh, before we continue to worship the Lord today, this is April. She's uh, director of our children's ministry. And so uh, when we begin to sing, if you have kids that are going to kids ministry, they can go with Miss April. Father, we thank you for your blessings. Uh, on our church, and we thank you for April and for her team. We pray your blessing and your anointing on them today as they minister to our children. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Let's continue to worship the Lord today. Hallelujah. Jesus is our hope. The hope of the world is who he is for us. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Thank you, Lord. Then through the darkness your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, my name.
Lord, you are alive, and so because you are alive, we are alive today. And he has given us hope. In part, just a moment ago, we sang, there's salvation in your name. There is no other name. Jesus said of himself, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say, I am a way to heaven. He said, I am the way. There is strength in his name. There is power in his name. There is salvation in his name. There is healing in his name. Back several weeks ago during the Christmas season, we sang a song that in part comes from Isaiah chapter 9, where it said his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He has given us his name. He has given us his name for salvation, for healing, for life. All we have to do today is accept it and receive his free gift. Thank you, Lord.
Lord, the government rests on your shoulders. Our future rests on your shoulders. Our lives rest on your shoulders. Everything about us is wrapped up in you. All that we are, all that we have, all that we ever hope to be. Because you've given us your name. assured today that because of your name, we have everything that we need. When we speak the name of Jesus in our lives and in our families and on our jobs and in every situation in our lives, it's not a magic potion, it's not a magic formula, but when we worship him and when we speak his name, it changes us, it changes how we view things, it changes our perspective. When we use His name, when we speak His name, God, we thank You for the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray today that You would dispel our fears, that You would take away our anxieties, that You would deliver from depression today, that You would deliver from anxiety, that You would deliver from fear because of the power that is in Your name. 
today, that name that is above every name, we just sang a moment ago, shout Jesus from the mountain, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness, over every enemy. I just saw something on social media yesterday, and the post went something like this, it's not like we as Christians want to shove Jesus down people's throats. If they only knew. If they only knew what it meant to have a relationship with Jesus. We're going to talk about this a little bit more next week in our beginning our series in worship. But when we worship and when we say the name of Jesus, that worship is like a coat in the winter. Now, what happens when you put on a coat in the winter and go outside? The weather does not change. What changes is your ability to withstand the weather. I would not go outside to shovel snow. I love snow. I wish it would snow two feet tomorrow. I love snow. But I would not go outside to shovel snow in sandals and shorts and a t-shirt. I would not last very long. But dressed properly, wrapped in a coat and in boots and in warm pants... I can do what needs to be done despite what the weather is. So somebody today, and as we move forward next week, beginning in our series in worship, when we talk about the name of Jesus, it's not just, it's not a slot machine. It's not an ATM where we stick something in and we get out what we want. The name of Jesus is above every name. And when we speak it, 
our circumstance, the weather may not change, but it changes us and it changes our ability to withstand the weather. So, Jesus, we speak your name today over our families, over our jobs, over our children, over those that we care about deeply. God, we just, we, over those, Lord, who we care about, who don't walk with you, who don't know you, who don't know how wonderful it is to, despite the troubles of this life, to have you to walk with us through those times. So, God, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would remind us again today not just corporately but individually that when we say your name it changes us God we pray for our pastor as he comes now to bring the message we pray that your anointing would rest on him open our hearts God that we might receive from you in the name of Jesus and everybody said amen amen God bless you thank you you may be seated time uh, of worship we're having and uh, so thank you for entering into that it's beautiful for me to hear your singing we hear you and and don't worry about that because <laughs> that's what that's what God wants for us and what a beautiful sound it is when when God hears the praises of his people one voice and what a, what a powerful experience of unity that is together for us as we and as we're here into 2023, we're expecting God to do greater things through us, and so we've began this year uh, with a series called Greater Things. We had uh, a series last year, last fall, called Greater Things, but we're kind of restoring that, and we're talking about uh, expecting God in this short series. Our focus has been uh, to ask God how. Can we give of our financial resources so that you, God, can do greater things in and through us here at Christ the Cornerstone? Uh, As we love, as we serve, and as we engage. And each week we've talked about each of those things. Yesterday, the men gathered for breakfast and we read this scripture together. And it was a new one to me, but it fits with the greater things theme. And it's from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. And Paul is writing, and he's talking about the Old Testament law. He's talking about Moses and what Moses was doing. And Paul writes, The old way, with laws etched in stone, led to death. And, and, and it's, it's kind of a strange thing for Paul to say, you know, so many times we think, well, these are the Ten Commandments. We've got the Ten Commandments written in stone in the front of our church. But Paul says, the old way with laws etched in stone leads to death. Although it began with such glory, 
that the people of Israel could not even bear to look at Moses' face. He's referring to when God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses, Moses came down from the mountain, and the giving of those laws, Moses had been in the presence of God, and Moses' face literally shined with the glory of God. So the giving of the Ten Commandments caused God's glory to be evident. But Paul says, look, those laws have led to death. What does he mean by that? Well, really to get into it, you can read the book of Romans and understand, but let me say it quickly. What Paul means by that is God giving the law to us has proven to all of us that there is no human being, there is no one on earth who can, who can throughout his or her lifetime complete all of these Ten Commandments without breaking one of them. In other words, the law was given in order to prove that we needed forgiveness from God. Every one of us. That's what Paul means. That the law led to death. And when it came, it was given in such a glorified moment. So much that Moses shined with glory. And it says, For his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. And then verse 8 says this. Well, if that happened then, with such glory of God, with the giving of the law that gives that has brought death to us, shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way now that the Holy Spirit is giving us life? Wow! Why do we expect less glory now than was given back then? We can expect greater things from God in us through our faith in Jesus Christ because He gives us the Holy Spirit. That's what this Greater Things series is all about. We expect greater things when we are led by God's Holy Spirit. I want you to take that brochure that's that's on the table, and if you're online, we're going to give you a link so that you can see this brochure, a, a PDF, and you can download this brochure. I want us to take this brochure that's on your seat or on your table or near you. Uh, take it. Don't open it because uh, I want you to read what's on the front cover of it. And I want us to read this together. This is the purpose. This is the mission. This is what everything we do here at Christ the Cornerstone is focused in on accomplishing. And if everything, if we do anything here at Christ the Cornerstone that does not help us do this mission... Stop. <laughs> we need to stop it. But let's read this together. This is our mission statement. At the bottom of it, it says, At Christ the Cornerstone, we dedicate ourselves, and read the rest with me, would you? To love God and all people so that the world might experience the life-changing love of Jesus. That's our mission. Everything that we do here. Has, it falls under that umbrella. Everything that we do here is connected. Every staff person at Christ the Cornerstone has a task to help you as the congregation, you as the ministers of our church, to accomplish this mission. This is how we communicate the mission that Jesus has given to us. So that all people, all the world, may experience the life changing love of God through faith in Jesus Christ. This is why we're here. And I have asked you, 
to make a decision. Two weeks ago, I gave you this brochure, and then I mailed it to you if you're on our mailing list. And I want to say three things this morning about what we're going to do this morning. It's kind of an in-house service today. (laughs) So if you are new here, you get a pass. So just bear with us as we talk to one another who, who have committed ourselves to each other. You're kind of going to, and, and I don't mean to exclude you, I really want you to be included, but, but I don't want to put any pressure on you to, to give or to make a commitment, unless you genuinely feel God telling you to make a commitment to give financially to the mission of Christ the Cornerstone today. So if you're new here, you get kind of a pass. But if you're a regular attender here and you have never made a a decision to commit to give a certain amount every month, every week, every year, I don't know, however you divide it up, I'm encouraging you to make a decision and say, God, I'm going to give this amount to your church this week. We'll talk about more about that later. But get started with something. And make a decision and make a commitment to do that. And thirdly, I want you to be aware and remember that our church, how how can you know that we are going to use the the, the resources that you give to us for, for the work? And here's how you can know that. Because we're led by a group of elders, lay elders, lay people, who who we call and give them uh, the, the, the role of an elder. Now, an elder in the, the biblical sense is someone who has been given spiritual leadership over others. And so they guide us. The, the, the council of elders sets the, sets the rules. Yay for the eagles, right? Oh, I didn't hear much of cheer for that. Must be everybody who was really excited about the, Abels is, the eagles is still home today. But the rest of us, we got up. But yay for the, yay for the eagles. So you know... Let's, let's, let's take the eagles, for example. This is how our church works. This is, how, this is the relationship between you and the staff and, and, the, and, the, and the council of lay elders works. Let, let's, let's take the eagles football. Picture, picture the, we're, we're, we're up in the blimp, the Goodyear blimp over the game. We're looking down on the field, and we see, we see the eagles down on the field with the opponent. I, I, see, I don't care about, I don't even know who they played. Giants, thank you. I did hear that once. Such a sorry preacher, doesn't even care about sports. Anyway. (laughs) So the Giants, they're they're the players on the field. That's you guys in the church. You're the players on the field. You're the team that God has put, put together here at Christ the Cornerstone. Even you online. You're the team that God has put here. You're, you're all we got. (laughs) <laughs> at Christ the Court. You're not all we got. You're what we got. All your gifts, all your skills, all your abilities. God has brought you here to be part of Christ the Cornerstone, to play on the team. What's the game? We just read it. That all people would experience the life-changing love of Jesus Christ. All right. Who are our coaches? That's the staff. Who's the head coach? That's me. Who sets the rules of the game? And when there's a dispute, who settles it? That's the elders. And there are times when the elders, if we're talking about baseball, I don't know, I'm revealing my ignorance. 
In baseball, there's a, there's a, there are commissioners. What would be the equivalent in football? Do they have commissioners in football? Gwen says yes. She knows everything. <laughs> That's the elders. They're setting the rules of the game. They're saying, okay, the ball must be inflated to this amount of pressure. <laughs> this is how far you have to run. This is, this is where the next down happens. And this is how far you have to go to the next. They're setting the rules of the game. That's the elders of the church. But the players on the field are the members of our church. And it's the job of the staff to encourage, to equip, to, to organize, to train, to lead you to accomplish our mission. That's how Christ the Cornerstone works. And every time our council of elders get together, twice a month at least, and then they have extra meetings <laughs> when we have other things that we need to pay attention to. This, I'm going to read this sentence, this phrase. It is at the top of our agenda and I hope it fills you with a sense of confidence because this is what we intend to do. And this is at the top of our agenda. It says, we prayerfully make decisions asking, God, what are you leading us to do? Rather than asking, hey, do we have the resources to do that? We don't want to ask that question. We want to ask God, what is it you want us to do? And we believe that where God leads us, God will supply all the resources we need to do what He wants us to do. Amen. And so I hope that gives you a sense of confidence that, that when, you give, when you commit your financial resources or your time to Christ the Cornerstone, or you say, hey, you say to... To, to Daniel Carroll, who leads our youth group. Hey, Daniel, I'm willing to open my house to have youth group meetings in my house that you know that is helping to accomplish what God wants us to do. Not what anybody else wants us to do. You can trust that. So we talk about loving, serving, and engaging, and today we're focusing in on engaging. And I, I'm, I'm reminded, I, I know I, I'm, I'm 57. I don't know how old I am anymore. I keep... Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm old. Thank you, Sister Gwen. I'm a bit of a Trekkie. I grew up among Star Trek days. And then Jean-Luc Picard came along. And I don't know what... I don't know what... I can't remember what title of that Star Trek show was. Star Trek Next Generation or something like that. And Jean-Luc Picard sat in his captain's chair, and after he gave an order to his crew, he said, engage. And the thing shot out, or whatever happened, happened. Jesus is saying to his church, Jesus is saying to us, engage. I need you to get off your seat and go do that thing that I've told you to do. Engage. Engage one another to uphold one another, to help one another, to encourage one another, to teach one another, to, 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 to bear one another's burdens, to pray for one another, to intercede for one another, and engage the world. Don't just walk past those who need help. Engage. Engage. I want us to focus on a few scriptures 
And then we'll get back to this brochure. Let's go to Luke chapter 21, verses 12 through 15. And I think each of, each of these scriptures tells us something about what God, what Jesus is teaching us about when we engage the world. And, and, and this is going to be strange because it's not all good news. But we must not be afraid to engage our world to which Jesus has sent us. And in Luke chapter 21, I'm beginning with verse 12. And Jesus, well, let me give a little context. Jesus has been talking about the future and what things are going to happen. And he says, before all this occurs, there will be a time of great persecution. We're talking about greater things. One of the things that's going to get greater is persecution among those who experience Jesus Christ. And if we expect to do greater things, we think that's all happy and all good, and yes, let's go get that. But brothers and sisters, we need also to expect that when God starts doing greater things in a positive way, the world is going to respond with greater persecution. You will be dragged into the synagogues and prisons, and you will stand trial before kings and governors. Why? Just because you are my followers. But this will be your opportunity to engage. To tell them about me. What will be the opportunity to tell them about me? The persecution. Expect it. Anticipate it. Call on God's Holy Spirit. I don't know how that persecution is going to come to you or in what way. Maybe it will come through your own family even. Speaking up. Showing love where others are not. Speaking the truth where others are, are believing a falsehood. But staying with the family and loving them regardless. Engage. But this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. So don't worry in advance, Jesus says, about how to answer the charges against you. Because I will give you the right words and I will give you such wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to reply or even refute you. That's comfort. That's a greater thing. How many times have you gotten stuck in a conversation that you don't know what to say? You don't know how to respond to this. You don't know how to answer to this. Because if you do, you're just going to get tromped down. But Jesus is saying, I will provide to you the words that you need to say. Don't go into those situations without me being with you through the Holy Spirit. Call upon me. Let's go to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. Again, this is, Paul, this is Paul writing. We read him in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians earlier. And Paul has been engaging many cities with the message of Jesus. In verse 12, he says, I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. For everyone here 
including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, not because of my brilliance, not because of my education, not because of my status in the world, not because I'm a famous person, no, because I have been put in prison. Most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. Engage the world with the good message of Jesus Christ. And again, we read in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Paul says once again to this young man, Timothy, who's learning how to engage, how to lead. Paul gives him, says, he says, always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preach. And because I preach this good news, because I preach it, I am suffering and have been chained like a criminal. But the Word of God cannot be chained. We trust God to provide all that we need. We can do that. I've got a couple stories. I've asked, I've asked some people... Uh, throughout this series, if they would share with me a story that I could share with, with all of you. And so they've given me permission to tell this. A story about how God provides, how God helps. And first one, Terry. And Terry writes, two years ago, my son, who was 18 at the time, he and I spent the afternoon at, at Baltimore Harbor. Weather was nice. We felt like a change of scenery. And while strolling the harbor we encountered a man who was obviously homeless and under the influence. He was sitting on a bench. He was clearly sick and suffering. My son walked over to him and gave him everything that was in his pocket. It was his last $20. Later on, when I asked him, why did he do that to someone who clearly was going to seek drugs or alcohol. My son said, not my judgment. You don't know what people are going through. Maybe he needed it more than me. Terry writes, fast forward two weeks later. My son got a piece of mail from the bank. It was a notification that there was a class action lawsuit and he was awarded $200. Terry says, she says, sometimes I wonder if those two incidents had anything to do with each other. What do you think? She said the kid gave away $20 and two weeks later he gained an unexpected 200 I know that doesn't happen all the time. But God does it. And we do give credit to God for this. Providence. And you can trust God with your resources, with your finances also. I asked another young woman in our church, Rebecca Simpson. You've seen Rebecca here on the platform. She's been our 
our service host uh, for, for many times, and, and you've seen her. And so Rebecca, she's a, a young woman, and I asked her if she'd share a story with us. And she said, does it have to be about God providing money? I said, no, no. How does God provide? So she said, she sent this to me, and I want to read her story. She says, I fully accepted Jesus into my life in 2018 when I was trying to adjust to my parents' divorce. My newfound passion with Christ was certainly a comfort and a flame that ignited me with the need that I needed to find more Christian friends. So in 2019, a year later, I wasn't making the friends that I had thought and hoped for. I was still feeling the repercussions of my parents' divorce. I genuinely don't remember being actually happy. I was primarily just a robot. I woke up, went to school, studied. I went to bed and did it all over again the next day. I eventually got more involved with organizations at University of Delaware just to distract myself. And I was getting bored just doing schoolwork all the time. That same year, my dance teacher from my, physical, my musical theater class invited me to join her modern dance group called Ignite. I expected God would provide friends through my church. And I had some. But God is not limited to where we can find the friendships we need. So one day, a new girl came to our dance group. And she loudly and boldly looked at me and said with a smile, Hi, I'm Jenny. Now I was surprised she was the first person in the group to introduce herself to me without being prompted by our leader. (laughs) I actually thought she was kind of strange. But... She was the first person in the group I did have a good feeling about. And that was our only interaction. And then she was gone for a while. And I was wondering where she was until her dad sent an email out to the group letting us know that Jenny was sick, but doing okay. And then he said, please keep her in your prayers. And that caught my attention. And I wondered, is Jenny a Christian? I thought there might be potential for a friendship with her, but I didn't know how to make that happen. And then on another occasion, I was walking to dance practice with another friend of mine, Eva. And she, as we walked along, she noticed on my iPad there was a sticker that said Cornerstone Church. And she jokingly pointed to the picture and said, Hey, Rebecca, what if some guy on, Christian guy on campus sees that and asks you out? She said, I said, I don't have that kind of luck. But when I got to practice that day, Jenny was there. And when Jenny came up to me, she also pointed to that sticker. And she asked excitedly, hey, is that a church organization on campus? And and Rebecca says, I was a little spooked because Eva had just noticed the sticker. And now Jenny is noticing the sticker. And, And I didn't lose the irony that even though Jenny wasn't a boy, perhaps God was providing friends that I needed. So as the weeks went on, Jenny and I started to get to know each other better. We came closer and did a few activities together. And eventually she came to the Bible studies with our young adult group at Christ the Cornerstone. We weren't friends for that long when she did the most generous thing she could have done. 
and she still doesn't even know what it was. She invited me to go with her to Longwood Gardens at Christmas time. And the reason that felt so good was because this was the first Christmas I can remember not celebrating with my family. Well, I eventually even forgot that many months earlier I was so desperate for Christian friends. I stopped wondering when would God fill my needs because he was already doing it. And he didn't he did provide me the friends I was looking for, people who I could fellowship with any time I'm with them. Jenny introduced me to her sister and since then the three of us have have traveled to Florida, served at camp, danced, roller skated, taken walks, talked on the phone, laughed, cried, and most importantly, we kept God at the center of it all. And the way this prayer was received to me was so surprising. It was unexpected. I had been at the lowest point in my life. But it was perfect timing because I was letting God into my life more and more so that he was able to give me the blessing of godly friendship with others. Now writing this, she says, made me realize how much this process strengthened my faith. The painful experience strengthened my faith. Thinking back to that time always reminds me that I shouldn't forget that God is continually working in my life, even if I think he's taking a break. He's not. Thank you, Rebecca, for sharing your story with us, how God provides. I'm here to tell you the story of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one who died on the cross, but he rose from the grave. He gives us the power of of forgiveness, the power of new life. He transforms our lives. All we need to do is say, Jesus, I trust in you and I will follow you. And as we gather today, as, as Christ the cornerstone, those who have been part of this church, I'm asking you to make a decision first to follow Jesus Christ. But many of us have made that decision long ago, but Jesus is calling us to engage. He's calling us to engage together as the the church, the body of Christ. And I'm inviting us to take seriously this commitment. And in a few moments, I'm, I'm asking you to fill this out. Today's Commitment Sunday, and I'm asking you to fill this out. In a few minutes, I'm going to ask you to tear that off and to bring these statements forward and drop them in these baskets as a sign of your commitment and your trust to God. You saw me, it wasn't on camera, but those who were in the room saw me uh, as Pastor Bill was leading the last song. I came up here and I tapped Carolyn, my wife, on the shoulder and we went backstage and had a little conversation. I said, Carolyn, this is what we can give to the church this year and this is what we commit. (laughs) I told her what we were going to give. I knew that she would be confident with it. But there are two questions on there. And, and the first question, and I want you to answer these, I am confident that I can give this amount of money each week, month, year, whatever you decide. And you fill in how much you're confident you can do this year. And if you haven't had taken time to pray about this, I don't want you to make a quick decision today. You can turn this in any time you want. Mail it in. There's a, there's a link online that you can fill out the form online. Send it to us. And I know that in the past here at Christ the Cornerstone, we've asked you to make commitments, but you have not told us how much that commitment was. And so this is a change for us. And I'm asking you to trust me with this information. I'm not going to use it against you. 
I'm not going to come back and say, well, you said you'd give this much. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to pray for you. That God will, that you will see God providing for you what your God has provided to us. That's the first question. I know I can give this amount. $10 a week, $50 a week. Some people can give thousands of dollars a week. You have to, you know what you make. You know what you have. You know what you can give. The second question is, okay, here's an extra amount, God, that if you provide this, I would be thrilled to give it to Christ the Cornerstone. So I'm going to tell you the numbers that I've put on mine. And that's what I was asking Carolyn. I said, Carolyn, do you mind if I say to the congregation what our numbers are? Now, I'm a little bit embarrassed to do this, and I'm not doing it to grandstand. Because the number that I give, I'm not the biggest giver in this church. I wish that I was. But I'm not. So I know Carolyn and I are confident that every month, we can give $750 to Christ the Cornerstone. And we're pleased to do that. And for the second one, and I'm a little bit embarrassed that this isn't a bigger number, but I'm asking God to provide an extra $100 a month so that I can give that to the church also. And I don't say that, again, please, don't hear that as me grandstanding. But I say that to say, hey, we can trust God to do these things. So I'm asking you, complete this. And as we pray together today, if you've had time to pray about that, I'm inviting you to bring that little slip of paper and drop it in the baskets that are on the platform. Or if you're online, submit it. Go, go online to the form or print off the form and mail it, in, mail it in later. But let's make this a commitment. And watch what greater things God does in and through us. Let's stand together as the team comes and we sing. And while we're singing, you can bring your, your, your papers forward. Just make it a commitment. It's our prayer time. Kneel down here or stand at the platform area and just offer a prayer of dedication and trust to God. If you, wanna, if you need prayers for other things, please go to the prayer stations. Or if you just want to come here and pray uh, at the platform, you certainly may do that. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you take care of us, that you provide for us. Help us trust you with our resources and do greater things in and through us this year. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for hearing our prayers. We receive your blessings and we give blessing to one another as we trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's continue to worship. This is our prayer for you, for all of us.
God, we pray that for all of us, that your favor would rest upon us. We thank you, Lord, that as we are making a commitment to you today, we thank you for the commitment that you make to us. And so, God, we just want to honor that that you've called us to do because we know that you are faithful. We want to, in turn, be faithful. And so we pray your blessing on each one of us individually, for us collectively as a church, for your church in this world, that as we reach out to people and do what you've called us to do, that you would empower us and strengthen us. God, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. We're going to continue to worship here. The altar area is still open for prayer. There are folks at the prayer stations. If you're online with us, there's still folks available to pray with you. God bless you. When you need to go, you can go. Thank you for worshiping today.